Welcome to Battle Plan for the Wounded Warrior. This is a podcast focused on spiritual warfare from the inside out. I'm Dr. Charlie, and Battle Plan for the Wounded Warrior is an ongoing discussion of inner healing. Our website is active-faith.org, and my email is charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I, at active-faith.com. Last time, I shared some examples from the Psalms when David discussed his soul wounds. It was helpful to see that one of the biggest and most influential Bible characters suffered from emotional and mental anguish because that makes us feel like there's hope. At least it does for me. But today we're going to dig into something slightly different. Today we're going to discuss the difference between the spirit and the soul. I used to be confused. I grew up in church. I I was there every time the doors opened. My parents were very involved in the church. And I learned all the Bible stories using the little felt characters that you put on a felt board, you know. And I was taught scripture. However, somehow, maybe it was just me, but I find that this is true of many believers there ended up being some confusion about the difference between the spirit and the soul. When I would read scripture, I thought they were the same thing, kind of interchangeable like synonyms, but they're not. They're not the same thing. Uh, Remember, the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. I want you to think for a moment about that term soulmate. We very often talk about finding our soulmate. Now, I want you to think about that in the terminologies that we've been discussing. If the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions, that means we found a mate for our mind, a mate for our will, and a mate for our emotions. It's no wonder that we think we found our soulmate and then six months or you know, a year down the road, we eventually discover that that person can step on every nerve we have, provoke us to behave in ways that we would not normally behave or can't seem to control. And that is because we're dealing with the soul. We think that because we find a soul mate, that their soul is going to automatically match up with ours. However, Our soul is the epicenter of sin. It's the place from which our mind, our will, and our emotions has free will, and it often free wills itself into trouble. Well, if you have two epicenters of sin brought together, that's never going to be a perfect paradise. (laughs) In fact, once you start breaking it down, it's almost a little bit funny. Um, You know, so let's look at this from a biblical perspective. We are three-part beings. We're body, soul, and spirit. Uh, We see this, uh, that this is formed or how we were formed in Genesis 2-7. It said, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Okay, so the body is the dust of the ground. The soul is the living soul. It's our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's our flesh. It's what we call our flesh, which makes us mess up and sin. 
And then the spirit, of course, is the breath of life. We can have control over our soul and heal, heal our soul if our spirit is made perfect through Christ. We have to understand that there is a very, very distinct difference between those two things. We oftentimes say the terminologies or say the words, um, Jesus came into my heart. Or when I became a Christian, um, he cleansed my soul or his spirit became mine. Or I, you know, there's different ways that we as believers have kind of coined the phrase to make it culturally friendly or easy to understand. But the truth of the matter is that when we accept Jesus Christ as our savior, our spirit is made new. We beckon, we allow the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God to come and dwell in us. And because of Jesus's sacrifice, our spirit is made perfect. This is fantastic. However, it does not change the nature of the soul. And it's really important that we understand that thanks to Jesus, our spirit is perfect, but because of our humanness, our soul is not. Um, it's really interesting. Sometimes I joke with my kids that I'll try to correct them. Or I'll try to, to um, you know, encourage them in a new direction. And they, they very often say, you know, mom, you're not perfect. And I joke with them and say, no, I am not perfect, but my spirit is. <laughs> you know, we we saw that in, in Jesus. When Jesus was approached by demons, they recognized that his spirit was perfect. They recognized that there was something about Jesus that they could not approach, that they could not conquer. I would like to take you into the scripture into Mark 5, where we talk about the man in the tombs. And I'm going to read different parts of the scripture. It's actually, I'm going to read 5, 1 through 7 from the Amplified, but um, there's a little bit that I'm going to skip. You'll hear it though. You'll understand. There met him out of the tombs a man under the power of an unclean spirit. And when from a distance he saw Jesus, he ran and fell on his knees before him in homage. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? What is there in common between us? I solemnly implore you by God, do not begin to torment me. They had nothing in common. Jesus' spirit was perfect. It was clean. And so the demon even recognized that and knew that Jesus had authority in that situation. He begged him not to torment him. And then again, in Luke 441, demons again recognized Jesus. It said, demons also were coming out of many people shouting, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. 
These scriptures are encouraging believers because it says that Jesus's spirit was perfect. Well, if his spirit is in us, that means our spirit is perfect. Okay. It is made new thanks to Jesus, but our soul is not. And that is something that we must uh, be very careful about. In fact, we need to look and consider the fact that the spirit has authority over the soul because the soul sins and the spirit, the renewed spirit through Christ in us does not. That means that our spirit has control over our soul. And that means that we can use that power, the spirit of Jesus to heal and reconcile our soul when we sin. So I hope that this has helped you next time on the battle plan for the wounded warrior. We will discuss how soul wounds are formed. If you would like to reach out to me, you can send me an email to charlie at active-faith.com. If you would like to make a donation or an end of your donation to Active Faith, please go to our website at active-faith.org.